the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon and greetings. Thanks for coming along today for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Wednesday edition. A week from today is uh, Ash Wednesday. So, uh, do you do anything like, you going to blow it out here for the next week or anything? <laughs> I did eat uh, far too many pumpkin seeds over the last 30. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. You're out of control. <laughs> no, I really am. Remember? Okay, you- so this is what I'm doing. Mm. So, you know, intermittent fasting became, you know, a thing. I fell off it. Did off. you fall off that oh, wagon? Did I okay. ever fall off? And I, and I need to get back. On. Today's well, my first day back on. Okay, great. Well, so the thing is that I have I, so I have done it for so long yeah. that I don't even. I'm just not hungry at the other times. Uh, the like Do breakfast you know I mean? or lunch. Yeah, you don't eat breakfast or lunch, right? Um, but I have a snack when I come into work, mm-hmm. which is you know around two thirty. Pumpkin seeds or nuts, well, or, or nuts something. or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah. And then I have a meal. But I I eat quite a bit. I want you to know between seven p.m. and ten thirty. Quite a bit. I really do. Now that's my problem. That's when I fall I would off. Think, right. I would think that that's my problem too. But it seems to be working for me because I'm not eating at the other times. I've, I've have not. But then, like you know. Between seven and whenever you know my mouth finally closes because I'm sleeping, I'm eating everything in the history yeah. of the universe. Yeah. Which is and you know not what good. I am? You know what I am hitting hard, hard hmm. are those chocolate covered pretzels from Trader Joe's. Oh, you guys, oh, when I was oh. there maybe three weeks ago, yeah. I got four bags of them, mm-hmm. and I am almost done with the fourth bag. How big's a bag? That's pretty big. Oh, I mean, it's like it's pretty big. And you're eating them by all by yourself. Yeah, that's a lot of chocolate covered pretzels. I know. Pretzels. Listen, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to cast aspersions. There's something about them. They're not very sweet, but they're just so mm. they're so perfect. Yeah. I'm 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 in a rough place with them, you guys. I get it. Everybody has their sort of you know Achilles heel. I'm in a rough right? place. Yeah. Seriously, when I'm in heaven, heaven to me will basically be me hanging out with a giant bag of chips. <laughs> I, I, okay, no wait. So, just, so if you could pick between like chips or or like salty things or sweet things, you'd always get the salty thing. Well, no, see, that's the problem. I want both. Oh, <laughs> but but give me a bag of potato chips. I'm good to go. And then, of course, I want to add on. You know, give me a bag of Fritos. I'm pretty good to right. go there. Give me a bag of pretzels. I'm pretty good to go there. You know what's delicious? Mm. Always the mixture of the two. So if you have the bag, like I'm into these cantina extra thin tortilla chips from tostitos Mm -hmm. okay if you have that with an arnold palmer Mm -hmm. good to go that's so delicious any dip any salsa i don't do a dip no salsa you don't like guac i I love guac but then i have to make it Uh, so i'm not making it buy like you know know, no jar guac no because you know why what's the point of that i don't know maybe it's maybe it's great it's not great you know you know in your heart it's not i kind of stayed away from it forget it we don't want any of that boy i could like to have a bag of chips right now 
I have some pumpkin seeds. No. <laughs> I do not. No, pumpkin seeds. I, mean, I like them. In a pinch, you know. You, you know. Oh, That's why please. I was eating them in a pinch. That's why yeah. I keep them there. It's not, I don't have a bag of chips in my drawer. Well, I was like super hungry a little earlier today. In a pinch, I opened up my office drawer, uh, office desk. Yeah. And, and I kid you not. There are 13 bags of tuna fish in there. <laughs> 13 bags of tuna fish. <laughs> How I, much tuna fish get a person? I don't know. My and wife's like, here, take this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> why can't we just call it tuna? It's backed up. I don't know. Because it is tuna fish. Anyway, snacks and all that notwithstanding, let's uh, switch gears in a very dramatic way and look at the news stories. Kath, please give us the top four at four. For Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022, first off, John and I are wearing the same color. Lovely. Again. What is that? I don't understand how we do that. We should be wearing this next Wednesday. It's purple. Yeah. Number one. Fear of a full-scale Russian military invasion looming large um, all over Ukraine. But there was a, an article in CBS.com today, John, about Kharkiv, which is 25 miles from Ukraine's eastern border with Russia. And this is what it says. It kind of brought it, made it more personal to me because it said that children are still going to school. They're trying to keep kids like in a regular pattern Active, of living yep. their lives. Um, but in school, uh, they have added a subject that they're learning. It's called How to Survive a Military Attack. Well, that's what, they're, that's that's what they're teaching six and seven-year-olds. Proactive. Uh, Reuters visited a school in Kharkiv where students were getting lessons on how to identify various explosives mm. and the importance of bulletproof vests and helmets. Also practicing evacuation drills and learning first aid. I mean, it's, I, I'm glad they're doing it, but doesn't that just it's make you... Number two. On Pitt's sixth annual Day of Giving, Super Bowl champ and former Panther Aaron Donald donated $200,000 to the Pitt Football Championship Fund. Wow. Aaron Donald, of course, was one of the top defensive players while he was a student at Pitt and mm-hmm. has just gone on to greater Super and greater and greater things. Should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. Should have been the MVP because on both third and fourth down, he was, you know, he was the one that made the difference. Anyway, he already donated a million dollars back in 2019. Wow. So he's just adding on top of that. Um, he's 30 years old and he is the youngest seven figure donor in the history of the university. Oh, that's super cool. His one million dollar gift, also the largest donation by a Pitt football letterman. Penn Hill's proud. Mm-hmm. Number three, eight major Oscars, John, will not be presented live on this year's show yeah, I heard about in an this. effort to present a more TV friendly telecast. The awards will be given out an hour ahead of time. They will be edited down and then cut into the live telecast. But the Academy says, don't you worry, everyone will still have their Oscar moment, which, of course, they won't no. because it'll be like super short. Exactly. Super short. Um, so these are the categories they're handing out uh, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Documentary, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, music, original score, production design, short film, short film live action and sound. That's a shame. I guess kind of a shame because yeah. what you're doing is just saying that the technical awards don't matter that much. They all they all matter. Of course they all matter. Aren't you being a film editor? You want your moment. I just think in front that of the kind crowd. of stinks. Anyway, I mean seriously, who's watching? Anyway? No one. No one's watching. I am. Yeah, you're watching. You're it. number four. Are you ready for this? Well, when Brianna and Brittany Salyers met male twins Josh and Jeremy Salyers yeah. in 2018, they said they felt like the men had quote just walked out of our twin dreams. Oh my gosh. The twin couples had a double proposal, a double wedding, and gave birth to children just nine months apart. Oh I'm reading gosh. from today's USA Today. Okay. Brittany says that they now have quaternary twins, which is when two children are born less than nine months apart to identical twin mothers and identical 
twin fathers. Oh, I love it. I have to give you more details, but that's your top four at four. That's are you ready? Yeah, Listen do. to this. The Salyers are parents to Jet, who turned one in January. Jet. And Jax will turn one in April. Okay, but, so the children, picture this. So the babies, so the dads are identical twins. Yeah. The mothers are identical twins. Yeah. So the babies that they have had are cousins. Yeah. Okay. But more than that, they're actually genetic siblings. Yeah. Because the moms and the dads are identically the same. Same They're full genetic siblings. Okay. So that's making them a very rare type of sibling set. The pairs, these four people, the moms and dads, met at the annual Twins Day Festival in Twinsburg, Ohio oh, in 2018 yeah. and later had a joint engagement at a park called Twin Lakes. Hmm. Uh-huh. After welcoming their set of children, are you ready for the weirdest thing? Tell me. The family of six all live under one roof. Oh, yaisa, yaisa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. They all live together, you guys. Think they all dress together? All like of in them. The same, you know, they were all wearing the same outfits? All of them. Mm-hmm. They have two baby boys. You should see their wedding pictures. You know, the only people they invited to their wedding were twins. Uh huh. And their parents? I don't, their parents aren't twins. Oh, well, I wonder if their parents were allowed to come. Take a quick break, come back. Josh Brown's with us. The grammar of the gospel. That's straight ahead on the ride home. WORD. Ever wonder why God lets so-called religious people profit off of godly things? This week on Through the Bible, we're in the book of Numbers, looking at the life and shenanigans of Balaam, or as Dr. McGee called him, the prophet for profit. How can we discern the motives of people who say they speak for God? Well, tune in and find out. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. I'm cute kid number one. And I'm cute kid number two. And we have been forced. You mean hired? We have been hired. To tell you what direct lender FOMO is. So let's say you buy a new home. Let's go. And maybe you use one of those big mortgage monsters. Or someone your realtor or friend recommends. And then a few months later, you hear us being forced. Hired. Hired. To tell you about our mortgage team's direct lender advantage. And then you feel like you missed out. Because you probably didn't miss out. And that is direct lender FOMO. And that's a wrap. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. For you, this often allows us to get you a better rate on that new home mortgage, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for you. Hey, this is John Hall. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza, and his latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll receive 60% off the Giza Dream Sheets that come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. You'll receive a set for as low as $39.99, and for a limited time with any purchase, you'll receive Mike's softcover book free when you use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. Along with this offer, you'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call one 800 
391-0954. Use the promo code WORD or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. The Grammar of the Gospel. Pastor Josh Brown is with us. Josh is a regular guest on our show from Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Hey, Josh. How you doing? John, Kathy, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me once again. Always good, Josh. Josh, I think this is just a guess, but I'm thinking if you asked an average American who wasn't necessarily church, just some, you know, dude off the street, um, you asked him, you know, what being religious was like or being a Christian was like. Yeah. I'm guessing the average person would say, well, you try to be a good person, and then, you know, God gives you good things. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's just, it, there's a sense that it's a list of do's and don'ts, and here's your uh, charter of behavior. Go and do your best to follow it. And I, I think that sentiment is even why you hear people say things like, well, all religions basically teach the same thing, because they're focusing simply on some of these commands to be nice to others and do unto others and love others. And, and that's, if you, that's all you think it is, then I could see why you'd say something like that. But there's always a lot more to it than that. Sure. But, but in some ways, I mean, to be fair, there kind of is a formula, isn't there? Sure, there is. Yeah, there is. And, and those, I, don't, I yeah, definitely did not mean to imply that those things aren't a part of the Christian faith or the Christian life, but it's understanding the way that they're all related, and, and even what I would suggest is understanding the sequence mm-hmm. that really makes all the difference as to whether, I would, I would say, whether you even understand the Gospel or not. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned the phrase, the grammar of the Gospel. That, that's a phrase I use sometimes in talking with people, just to just hopefully that it actually kind of piques their curiosity and <laughs> gets them to maybe see what that's all about, because it's an unusual way of talking about it. Um, but it, it's what I mean by that is that the Gospel is not something that says, if, then, but it says, because, therefore. And what I mean by that is this. The Gospel is not some message that says, uh, kind of like Kathy said, if you live well enough and love well enough and do these things well enough, then God will reward you, then God will uh, kind of pay you back for those things. If you check off all the boxes, then God will bestow his favor upon you. That's not what it says. Right. It says completely the opposite. It says because God has freed you to himself in Christ, because God has done everything that is necessary for you in and through the work of Jesus, therefore you are his adopted son and daughter. Therefore, you live in this new way. Therefore, you are a new creation in Christ. So that's the because, therefore, which is very different. That's good. I mean, so, Josh, I mean, I love that. It's shorthand in a way. Uh, you would have to be a, a Christian with um, you know, some time understanding the Gospels, some Bible reading, to understand the difference, right, um, between the, you know, the grammar of it all, uh, not if, then, but because, therefore. Because, of course, because, therefore, is everything. It really is. And this is not something, I mean, this is an idea that's out there. Theologians, <laughs> theologians, of course, will, you know, make it a little fancier sounding. They'll like to talk about the indicatives and the imperatives. And they'll say, the, you know, the indicatives are these statements about this is what God has done for you. 
and the imperatives are then the this is how you should go and live in response to that. And they'll say that the imperatives always follow the indicative. So that, that's just a fancier way of saying what I'm trying to say in, in this shorter, simple way. It's because of what God has done for you freely of his own initiative, his own will, uh, out of his great love and mercy, therefore this is what's different, and therefore this is what it means for your life. But the difference is, it's like John said, is everything, right? Because one, the, the, the if-then is really performance-focused on our part, right? And oh, the absolutely. other one is completely God-focused. And so, you know, it seems like the words, well, it's not really that big of a difference, but it, it's like there's a chasm between the two. It is. They're, they're polar opposites of one another. And you're right. If, you're, if your operating understanding of the gospel or the Christian faith is that, okay, what is it that I have to do today, and how well do I have to do it to make sure that I stay in a right standing with God, that's not, that's not, that doesn't bring joy. That's a crushing burden that none of us can bury. That, that just ends up to leading this debilitating place of, have I done enough? Where are the areas that I've missed out? Uh, did did I manage to catch all of the things that I was supposed to catch? That's one place it leads. The only the only other place it leads is a, a place of pride, which thinks I have done it all. I am sufficient on my own. I have checked off all the boxes, and neither of those are places that we're supposed to be. Yeah, it, it's an incredibly performance based thing. If you think if I do X, Y, and Z, then God will be almost maybe forced to respond by offering me up these things as a reward yeah so performance as opposed to grace and even with the grace of because therefore i i think that a lot of christians whether you've been a christian for a week or you've been a christian for 40 40 years because therefore is still difficult for a lot of christians to accept it is it really is uh it runs so it runs counterintuitive to just about every other way that we understand the world to work um, from, on, on kind of every level of our life from the time we grow up, we're, we're conditioned of this sense of, you know, if you do well on your test, then you will get an A. If you get an A, then you will get into a good school. If you get into a good school, you know, on every level of life, that's the way that we are just wired to understand the way the world works. So something that flips out on its head and says everything has already been done for you by God out of his grace and mercy Therefore, something is different, something does change, you should look and live and act and love differently in this world, Uh, but it's a response and it's the overflow out of what God has done for you and what the Spirit is doing in you. That's the difference. Josh Brown is with us, Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland part of the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, so, Josh, when in your in your pastoral work, um, how do you see these two different approaches playing out? Whether it's you know people in your church or people in your family or yourself or you know stuff that you see around you in your community. Yeah, I, I think. Uh uh, first of all, I'm glad you included me in that list. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not immune to any of these things. None of us are. So even even just personally, I think I try to ask myself and just to do a little self-diagnostic, if you will, from sometimes and say, am, am I beginning with this place of reflecting upon who God is, what He's done for me in Jesus, mm-hmm. and then moving on to, okay, what does that mean for me? How am I different because of that? What does that lead to? What are the implications? Am I, am I looking at it in that way? And even just a simple little check-in like that can be a really good thing personally because it's very easy to slip back into the other one. When I'm talking with other people, friends, family, people in the congregation, 
Um, it's fairly easy to tell pretty early in a conversation with somebody, I think, you know, if, if they are operating from the sense of the if-then, because you, you can see, I mean, when people are feeling discouraged and crushed and you say, I just, I haven't, I haven't cut the, I haven't made the grade. I've failed again. I messed up again. There's no way, there's no way God could possibly love me because I failed in this way. That's an if-then mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, you come in and, and if you get a sense from people that, well, yeah, I'm, I'm good with God, and the reason that I'm good with God is that I submitted this excellent spiritual resume. <laughs> and you say, well, okay, that's still an if-then yeah. framework. Uh, and that's also not a healthy place to be. But you can tell, when, I think, when people are, are just uh, rejoicing and resting in the fact that this is what God has done for me in Jesus. This is what it means. There's nothing that can shake that. As Romans 8 says, there's nothing that can possibly separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, therefore, this is what it means and what it looks different. And this is, by the way, since I mentioned Romans there, I mean, this is uh, something you, this is a movement that you see in a lot of Paul's letters, and Romans is just one of them. The first 11 chapters are all him going into great detail about the good news of Jesus Christ. And then chapter 12, it literally begins with him saying, therefore, <laughs> I appeal to you, to offer up your lives as a living sacrifice. And then the whole rest of the letter is what the Christian life should look like as mm-hmm. a result of what God has done. That's good. So when you say, a little earlier, you said, when I reflect upon this, the reflection is already there, right, in Romans yeah. 1 through 11 and 12. And I'm sure, Josh, in, in your ministry and in your life, your own personal life as well, and also as a teacher and a preacher, you've reflected on this and taught about it, thought about it for many, many times. I have, yeah, and it shows up in so many different areas. Um, I mean, it shows up in so many different ways. It, it can show up in the, you know, it can show up in the offhand kind of question that I ask my wife when I get home on Sunday. And I say, "How was church today?" Because I want her, you know, I'm hoping she'll say like, "It was great. That was amazing." And you think, "Okay, good. I checked off my box for the day." Uh, you know, we, we all yeah. do things like that. It, it creeps 100%. in really, really easy on all kinds of levels. Uh, instead of just kind of learning to begin with that sense of. Just a reminder, what, what is it that God has done for me? Well, Ephesians tells me that he has chosen me in Christ before the foundation of the world. Uh, Romans 5 tells me that he has demonstrated his love and that while I was still sinning, Christ died for me. Okay, what does that mean then? Well, it means that I'm freed. I'm freed to live and love in these new ways that God has called me. Uh, because of who he has already made me to be in Christ. Right. And, and the tricky thing is, right, there's still in some ways for all people, because this is how we are, you know, just wired, a performance standard. It's not as though, you know, you accept Christ, you know, um, because therefore, and then the rest of your life is just a blow off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, a good, That's a good point. I mean, yeah. you, you, it, it's not a because. <laughs> it's a because therefore. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, this is what God has done. And, and, and again, to keep, I mean, maybe we keep coming back to Romans in part because I've been preaching a series through it, so it's fresh in my mind all the time right now. But uh, there, there is a chapters 12 through 15 and then a 16th closing chapter in Romans. There's a whole bunch of him saying, here's what it means for your relationship with other people. Mm. Here's what it means for your relationship in the public sphere. Here's what it means for the times that you disagree with others. Uh, over things. How do you navigate that well? There's a, all kinds of implications. So yeah, it, it, it leads to something. It doesn't lead to nothing. Yeah. That's good, job. That's a really good reminder. That's, yeah, really. It's so easy for us to slip into. No. And it, we slip in and out of it all the time. And right? it's so, the way you framed it is so short. And so, yeah. you know, not if, then, but because, therefore. It's a great reminder. Yeah. It could be a bumper sticker. Not really. I'm sure, Josh. I found the, yeah. 
Go ahead. I, I found it to be a, yeah. Sorry, I, I found it to be just helpful again in my own life and even in talking with people because it is such a it's a simple short way of framing it. Mm-hmm. And I've I've tried to offer that to people over the years, just even to say, hey, for yourself as you're going around, what if you're feeling overly burdened and crushed, and there's some impossible standard, or or if you're feeling really proud and self satisfied. Is it because you're thinking about it this way? Mm-hmm. You need to ask yourself that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent tweak. I like it a lot. Josh, tell us about Belfield. Uh, you mentioned that we're in the middle of the Oakland community here in Pittsburgh, which we are, smack in the middle of it, in the middle of the University of Pittsburgh, near all the hospital systems, not too far from Carnegie Mellon, some of the museums. So it makes for a pretty interesting area where there's a lot of people who uh, have not yet heard about Jesus. And if we say to them, this is what God has done for you, Therefore, here's what it means. It's a great opportunity. <laughs> Fabulous. Always a pleasure, Josh. Thanks for being with us, Terry. Thanks, guys. Have a good day today. You too. You as well. Josh Bye. Brown, Belfield Presbyterian Church, as Josh said, in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. It's directly across from uh, the Pitt Bookstore, Belfield. Can't miss it. Take a break. Come back. What about your cell phone? What's next? Before Bamboo HR... <laughs> feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper and we literally had paper stack. It was all in spreadsheets and like folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the bamboo like onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm like totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffett forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. What is a neighbor? This is Greg Trzynski at the Original Mattress Factory. We believe a neighbor is more than just someone who lives nearby. A good neighbor treats you with honesty and respect and works with you to build a better community. At OMF, you can expect to be treated like a neighbor. We offer our locally made, hand-built mattresses and box springs at a factory direct value because we know you deserve the best. Visit an OMF location today to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Experience the difference of a rock-solid education at Slippery Rock University. Visit SRU for an open house event on April 23rd. Meet their inspiring faculty and learn how to turn your passion into a career. Visit sru.edu slash visit for details. 
ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Partly to mostly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 21. Tomorrow, cloudy, a bit of snow and rain at times in the afternoon with little to no accumulation will reach a high of 35. Rain tomorrow night. Additional rainfall can lead to river flooding. We'll see a low of 32. Friday, we'll have considerable cloudiness. It'll be breezy with a little rain in the morning, followed by a flurry in the afternoon. Friday's high, 37. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Our smartphones and our relationship with them. That's a very odd relationship, isn't it? It's something we could have never imagined before it happened. Okay, I've done this. Now, this is different than what I'm going to talk about here. But I've done this where you set your phone down. Like I'm in my house or I'm at work. I'm at work. I set my phone down and I'm at work. I mean, I know everybody. And I don't know where my phone is. And then I get like panicky. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh no, I've lost my phone. What if I can't find my phone? Then what? Mm-hmm. I mean, that anxiety I is le- through the roof. I left my phone at the nail salon a couple weeks ago. Oh. I haven't left my phone anywhere in a really long time. But I left my phone there and I... You knew you left it there? Like you were driving when I got you like, home, oh. I went to get out of the car and I realized that I didn't have it. Oh, and then I was thinking about boy. the last time I used it. And then I remembered where I put it when I was there. And I thought, oh, I think it's still there. Really? So then I drove back. But it, I, I was nervous on the way over. I mean, not as nervous when you back up to iCloud. It does take away a lot of the anxiety of it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, well, if. You know, if something goes wrong, I have it all backed up. Well, but still. Still. Here's me. I mean, I've got my phone and I've got a case that holds my debit card oh, and right. my license. Right. I've got like four cards in there. Yeah. Which is a great, it's a, I don't have a wallet. See, I don't have that. So my phone literally is my entire world. And I'm such an idiot. I don't know anybody's phone number. You don't, you don't know my number? Nope. You don't know Christy's number? Nope. Christy, you know my number? I, I don't know. know my kid's phone number. You don't know your kids' phone numbers? No. Uh, why would I bother to learn phone numbers anymore? Well, well, all I got to do is press a button. You were talking about space debris floating around and hitting the moon. It could hit us. And then what are you going to do? You're not going to be able to call I'm anybody? I phone numbers. Seriously. I mean, I just... You don't know your wife's phone number? Nope. I am 100% reliant on this phone. I don't know anybody's okay, phone okay, number Okay, so anymore. let's make a pact that we're going to change that. What? Did I got a phone? One? I don't have... I don't, I don't Listen, really care. I memorized my kids' numbers a couple years ago, and I have forgotten them. I am horrible. See, I am not pointing see, the finger. What's the point? I am joined. Well, what's the point? The point is that we're idiots and we need to fix ourselves. <laughs> what do you mean? What's the point? That's so what you, the point is. Do you know your husband's phone? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. So if, I mean, like I told you, one time I locked my phone in my car. I, <laughs> I couldn't call anybody. <laughs> I went into, inside the store and I was like, "Can I use your phone?" Then I was like, "I can't call anybody. I can call my old phone number." I can call my childhood phone number. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's... Christy, this is going to be our new project. Okay. We're going to fix this. Okay? Oh, that's John pathetic. and I are going to memorize... What? Your, well, Three phone numbers. Yeah, you're going to know your wife's number, mm-hmm. your kid's number, and mine. Okay. I All right. And I already numbers. have my husband's, but I'm going to verify I have my kids, and I'll memorize yours and Christy's both. I don't think I'm unusual. 
I mean, I, I know. I don't think. I, know well, I, I think you're unusual, but probably not for this reason. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm being a bit of an idiot here, but admitting on air that I don't know. Christy, these phone how numbers. many phone numbers do you know? Um, I think four. Four. Yeah. What are they? Whose are they? My one brother who lives in Maryland, so he's useless to me. Right. Okay. Uh, my sister, my best friend, and my mom. Okay. But here's the deal. I mean, early on, my kids would their phone numbers would change. They would get different, uh, whatever. This is, was this supposed to make an excuse? Kind of. No kind excuse. <laughs> I just really have not cared because I've got my phone. I yeah, press but you, a button. Yeah, but we're going to fix it. Hey, Siri, call, you know, and there, we're gonna there fix it goes. Okay, what about, Christy, um, how long do you think you could go without your phone? Not long. A day? I don't even know if I could make it a day. Uh, five days. You went without your phone. You did a, a silent retreat. Oh, yeah. For a week. Yeah. Right? Fabulous. How was that? Excellent. Oh, oh, oh. Cleansing. Did you, what was 100%. it hard at first? No, no, because my phone was in my glove box, in my car, in the parking lot, outside of the monastery where I was staying. So I knew where it Can was. Can you imagine that, Christy? Like that gives me anxiety thinking about what? it. What? No, it no, 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 no. Here's the anxiety. I think it's great. I really admire you for doing it. No, I really do. It wasn't that big of a deal. I, I think it, I think it is a big deal. The and big I just, deal. I wish that it sounded natural to me, but it sounds like like some kind of bad dream i had no saying goodbye was easy saying hello was difficult because when i turned that thing on after seven days the torrent of the world came Mm -hmm. upon me and there were like you know thousands of emails you know and all these things that i had to digest heck i couldn't even get out of the parking lot i was like having a breakdown (laughs) what's gonna happen i gotta call that person That, that was the hard part Anyway, our phones. I had texted him 609 times. Oh, my gosh. I just want to have a bag of potato chips. <laughs> Felt better about that. Take a break. What are we coming back to? Oh, Ann Kennedy. She's the mother of six kids, I believe. What's that like? Mm-hmm. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Marriage should not be a duel. It should be a duet. Why did God make us so different? That he might make us one. Not just to sing in unity, but to sing in harmony. That's the music of marriage. God made them in the beginning, male and female. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, The Music of Marriage, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. 
I'm in. Why Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing It Right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing It Right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You'll receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. My leg was painful, red, and swollen just doing the crossword puzzle. I could have put off telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. He told his doctor and found out his leg pain, swelling, and redness are deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to the lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. If you have one or more of these symptoms, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. When I grew up, there were two of us, two kids in the house. Yeah. Two girls, 12 years apart. Wow. So my first day of kindergarten was my sister's first day of college. Wow. That's incredible. And my mom took half of Valium because <laughs> it was very emotional. <laughs> yes. Now, well, your house. When I grew up, there were seven kids and there are nine years difference between the, the oldest and the youngest. Mm-hmm. <gasps> My mom used to joke that she had a, a little zipper uh, on it. <laughs> that the babies could come out of. Right. That she was like a little kangaroo. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's busy. When my dad died, uh, my, my mom told me this. My dad, one of the last things my dad said to my mom was, let's have a baby. And my mom was like, Don, you're dying. And he said, I know, but that's the best thing we ever did. Oh. I mean, yeah. so you, there, it comes with a lot of weight. Right now, the weird thing is, I I'm not having seven kids. I have two kids. Sure, you have two kids, which I think probably is this you know a societal so, thing. Right. So people now look at people who have larger families, which is a rare and beautiful thing, and think, what is going on? And how that? are they managing that? Well, Ann Kennedy's back with us. Ann's a regular guest on our show. She is the author author of Nailed It: 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. I guess that comes with the territory. And welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, I guess. It's great to be here, though. That's the upside Good. of my life today. The upside. <laughs> all right. So, Anne, you grew up in a, in a family more like mine, where I had one sister. I still have one sister uh, who's 12 years older than me. You didn't have any siblings, though. No, I didn't. I was an only child, but... I did go to boarding school when I was 12, and I lived with, you know, in dorms with lots and lots of girls. 
Yeah. So that kind of wrecked my perception of reality. In, in multiple ways that we can dissect later, perhaps in a therapy yeah. session. Um, okay, but you made a different choice when you got married. You wanted a different type of family. So talk about that. Well, I I should say I didn't really think about it very carefully. I obviously sort of unconsciously overcompensated for being an only child <laughs> by continuing to have children. In fact, I was talking to a really lovely person this week and found myself saying uh, that we would always console ourselves when we were sad by having another baby. (laughs) And and she just looked at me like, oh, my word, there are so many easier ways to cheer yourself up. There's ice cream. Yeah, cheaper and just overall easier. So, yeah, we didn't think very carefully uh, about our lives. We were just kind of you know, trucking along and suddenly we had six. So uh, that was, most people think about it. And I think that's probably a good thing to do. It's one of the good options is to think ahead of time about what kind of life you want to have, but, or just roll with it. But when I think of you, and of course uh, I follow you, I see your Facebook page. I love your family. I mean, I just, I know it's got to be very difficult. That's a heck of a lot of work for you and your husband, for everybody. I mean, I've lived there. I I know exactly what's going on there in some small way. It's a heck of a lot of uh, work. I'm sure there's money problems and all that whole thing and all the scheduling of kids and the schooling and the clothing and yada, yada, 10 million and one things that are going on. But I know that's got to be a great source of satisfaction for you and Matt. Yes, I do think, as I look at my life and look at everybody else's, I really don't think it's more difficult. Everybody just has their own difficulties. And when you have a whole brood of kids, you do get into, you know, you have systems in place that just run themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that I have any more laundry problems than anybody else, that I do laundry for eight people. My laundry problem is when my washer doesn't work. (laughs) But that's true no matter who you are. You know, if your washing machine breaks down, it's a catastrophe no matter, you know, how many people are in your household. So you just run, you you put systems in place that bear the weight of, Mm. you know, having a lot of people in one household. There are things, I think, that do send it over the edge, and that's when you're... uh, you know, your 19-year-old daughter and your 14-year-old daughter, daughter decide to indulge in, like, historical revisionist nostalgia and room together when they have their own rooms just to see what it would be like. And then you find out that it was there was a reason why you wanted them to have two separate rooms. <laughs> and uh, that there's things like that, I think, that definitely make life more interesting, maybe, than if you, you know, didn't have children or you only had four children as opposed to hundreds. Do you get confused? <laughs> like, uh, our mother would, like, misidentify us. She would call me by the wrong name. And, of course, we as, you know, kids, we took great umbrage. Oh, how, how dare you Mom. call me the wrong name? And she was like, eh, get over it. There's, like, a lot of you. Yes. I mean, how on earth can you remember? Like, how can you remember your own name? Like, just just answer to whatever. If I'm shouting, <laughs> I probably mean you. And you don't need to stand there and blink like you don't know what I'm talking about, especially if it's, you know, 9 p.m. and 
the sink is full of dishes and, yeah. uh, you know, of course I'm talking to you. You're standing here. It doesn't matter what your name is. I like that. that this, so there's got to be a sort of a, a great sense of let's just get on with it. Yes, I do think that's And, you know, when it, there's a lot of things that have happened or I've observed for my children that I didn't, because I'm an only child, I didn't know would be the case. And that's that in, when I was a teenager, I didn't know who I was or what I was, what on earth was going on. But my children know who they are because they have siblings. They have mm, that kind of identi- identity conferred on them by each other. They have a way of a, a posture towards the universe that I didn't have. And I do think that sort of getting on with it, but also being surrounded by people who do know you really well uh, is a really interesting it's pretty great i i did not expect that it would be like that Anne kennedy is author of nailed it 365 sarcastic devotionals for angry and worn out people she blogs every day at preventinggrace.com and when your kids were little did people stare at you when you were in public or make comments oh yes i wished i'd had those t-shirts that said like you know i know how i got them all or (laughs) you know uh I hated it when people said, boy, your hands are full or whatever. And I always wanted to just, you know, spit, but I didn't. I would just smile and say, well, yes, they sure are. You know, like, what are you talking about? I'm not actually holding anybody right now. Because if you have six kids, you don't have to go through the store with a cart. You just have a trail of kids and you just hand things like a pile of things for each kid to carry in their hands. That's handy. I hadn't thought of that, Anne. And you have a dog. I have so many animals. Oh, my word. The um, animal situation. When you, Right now we have three cats and two dogs. And every day we pray for the oldest cat who's 16 to go to be with the Lord. <laughs> and every day we wake up and he's still here. Oh. Is she the one who doesn't like you, Ann? Yes. Mm-hmm. The one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one that you have but to brush I, daily. Yes. Brushing and feeding by hand, basically. And... Uh, just weeping at night over the, <laughs> the, the state of the world. When sure. you look at this cat, it's really terrible. Sure. So. All right, Anne, um, our time's almost up. Let me just ask you this in closing. Um, your mom and dad, who raised you as their only child um, in East Africa, now they're back with you in upstate New York. Are they? How do they react to you, to the kind of family you have? It's so different than the family they had. Well, my mom was the oldest of eight, and uh, she and my dad both grew up as missionary kids, and they both went to boarding school. And so, actually, they, uh, I think, are feeling that it's so special to even get to be here and to get to know their own grandchildren. Um, And amazingly, you know, because God is so strange, two of my children decided that my mother should teach them to play the piano. They, you know, I've paid for piano lessons over the year, but now they go to her house for a piano lesson mm-hmm. with a person who's really strict. That's my mother. And um, they just, on their own free will, are doing this. I thought, I would never let my mother teach me to play the piano. Are you kidding me? But, she's you know, she's a grandmother now, so yeah. it's like a whole different thing. And I think that they are settling in and 
enjoying uh, grandparenting in a way that they didn't expect and neither did I. That's wonderful. Life is strange and wonderful and God is good. Yeah. Thanks, Anne. Good to talk to you today. Yeah, that's really good. Good to talk to you guys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, listen, follow Anne at the Pathios blog. You should, blog. or follow her on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Preventing she's on Twitter, Grace. too, right? She's everywhere. Yeah, yeah she, she is. She's everywhere. She is. And she's not holding a kid. And she has so many dogs I and love it. cats and things. She's really interesting. 365, nailed it, 365 sarcastic devotionals for angry and worn out people. Anne Kennedy. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners, I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide, and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. Where can you find a high-quality, locally hand-built mattress at a factory direct value? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our factory direct business model allows us to provide a better quality mattress at a better price when compared to mainstream mattress brands. That's because we manufacture our mattresses in our local factories and sell them directly to you, eliminating the middleman markup and saving you money. And we can provide fast local delivery as well as pick up seven days a week at our factory location. Visit an original mattress factory location near you. Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. This is Greg Trzynski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream brands. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Be sure to tune in this weekend for Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music here on 101.5 WORD. Brought to you by United Faith Mortgage. Let us know what you want to hear at wordfm.com slash requests. She was 27 years old. She took the gun that my grandfather had given her for self-defense. She never got to see her son grow up to be anything because she had easy access to a gun. I've been robbed of that relationship. 63 Americans a day die by gun suicide. With safe gun storage, we can give our loved ones a second chance at life. Learn more at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. You ever seen a bear up close? Yes. Aren't they incredibly beautiful? They are. And massive. And and scary. Oh, man. Well, I saw this uh, article about a bear a 500-pound bear known as Hank the Tank. And uh, this is a a West Coast uh, article out in San Francisco. Anyway, the bear is um, 
running wild in a, a Lake Tahoe gated community where he has broken windows, smashed through front doors, and ransacked garages in search of food. He is undeterred by efforts to stop him. Uh, they, they have sirens, tasers, beanbag shots, and it doesn't matter. This bear is so ingrained in the community, he knows trash day. And so he lives, of course, on trash day. But then could you imagine a bear knocking down your front door in search of food in your house? Holy cow. How scary that would be. And if you've got pets. Right. Right? You've got kids. I mean, like that that would be really something. So it's a really complex situation because the bear has become so, for lack of a better word, domesticated, you know, living off of the the low-hanging fruit. People are saying, well, why don't you just, you know, uh, tranquilize him and and then take him to a forest hundreds of miles away in the wilderness? Well, wildlife authorities are saying that's not a possibility because you drop a bear that size into a, you know, into the, we think it's, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's not. There's other wildlife. There's other bears. There's other communities there. So he would disrupt that very fragile sort of infrastructure they would drop him into. Plus, could he even find his own food anymore? Well, now, since he's been living off, off of garbage? For- I guess that's a whole other thing. But probably eventually he would be able to. But then they're saying, well, why don't you put him like into a, like, you know, a, a zoo? Right. He's so big and his patterns are so well established that a lot of places go, no, we don't want him. Right. What are we going to do with a bear of that size? It's too much. Now, he's that size because of all the garbage he eats. Yes. Now, they say, you know, bears can get obviously very large, but again, low-hanging fruit on trash day, and you're feeding off of the neighbor's, you know, whatever, the free food, it makes it simple for them. So, they're saying that in Lake Tahoe, there's a possibility, this is horrible, that they may have to euthanize this bear, because they don't know what else to do. So, of course, as you might imagine, you know, you hear the story, animal people are saying, no, 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 don't do this. Right. So people are coming together, and you think, "What do you do with Hank the, the Tank?" tank. I'd, I'd recommend you look, you know, Google Hank the He's Tank. He's huge. Have you seen him, Christy? He's very He's pretty. scary big. He is very scary. But man, I mean. We're infringing on their territory, and so why wouldn't they take the right. easy pickings? And he's infringing on our territory he now. He is. No, he is. Take a, a quick break. Reset for the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about, um, oh, <laughs> trauma and shame. <laughs> Don't you love it? There's a pick-me-up for is the 5 o'clock hour. Is there a way out? Yeah. I hope there is. It's next on the ride home. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Russia and the West could be moving toward a bigger confrontation. The next move in the showdown between Russia and the West over Ukraine is up to Vladimir Putin. Russian forces have moved into rebel-held areas in eastern Ukraine after Putin said he was recognizing the independence of the separatist regions. Led by the United States, Western powers drew the proverbial line in the sand, with President Joe Biden announcing the first tranche of sanctions to impose costs on Russia. Secretary of State Antony Blinken canceled talks with Russian Foreign Minister 
Minister Sergei Lavrov that would have been held in Geneva later this week. Ominously, Russian lawmakers have authorized Putin to use military force outside Russian borders. Mike Gracia, Washington. And hundreds of flights canceled at busy Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. It's parts of Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas bracing for an ice storm. This is SRN News. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. This is important news. If you have unfiled tax returns, the IRS is shifting gears and ramping up investigations on non-filers this year. If you fail to file your tax returns for a year or more, or you owe back taxes, now's the time to call Optima Tax Relief before the IRS finds you. Optima is America's number one most trusted tax resolution firm, specialized in helping individuals, families, and businesses get right with the IRS. They're experts in the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, a powerful new program that can make resolve tax issues easier. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, Optima's award-winning team has helped thousands of people protect their paychecks, bank accounts, homes, and businesses by putting their tax problems to rest, resolving over $1 billion in tax debts for their clients. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at JDWaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing. Family owned owned and operated since 1939. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Partly to mostly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 21. Tomorrow, cloudy, a bit of snow and rain at times in the afternoon with little to no accumulation will reach a high of 35. Rain tomorrow night. Additional rainfall can lead to river flooding. We'll see a low of 32. Friday, we'll have considerable cloudiness. It'll be breezy with a little rain in the morning, followed by a flurry in the afternoon. Friday's high, 37. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. God bless all the men and women who are serving in active duty in the United States military. God bless them. I mean, you look, look what's going on in you know, Russia, Ukraine. Everyone's focused on readiness and all that. And you think, oh, God, please, don't get the United States yeah, Army Yeah, because things can change on a dime, right? Uh, I wonder, though, Kath, uh, in your life, did you ever con- uh, give uh, serious consideration to joining the military? No. Ever? Mm-mm. Not even a, a passing thought? Not even. Neither did I. Not okay. for a second. My dad served. My brother served. When it came time to me, I was yep. like, nope, not me. However, again, I'm, you know, I love it that there are a lot of people, right, millions and millions of people who are giving the best years of their lives to keep us safe and free. Yep. But I saw this piece today. That the Pentagon says today that the Nintendo generation, I guess it's the current generation, has, quote, weak skeletons. According to U.S. Army Major, America's youth are living a sedentary life. Of course, we all knew that. That makes them fragile, prone to injury, and harder to successfully and easily transition from civilian life Uh, to the military. Yeah, I can imagine that. The news comes from an official press release posted on the Defense Visual Information Distribution Service. It's a hub of official pictures, videos, and news published by the Pentagon. The article titled, Why Today's Gen Z is at Risk for Boot Camp Injuries. So they're saying essentially kids are sitting around playing video games and those tiny percentage, what is it, 1%, 2%, who say, I'm going to go join the you know, Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Marines, whenever they come into boot camp, because they're not in as good a shape as people from past generations because they're sedentary, they're seeing much more, many more injuries, injuries in boot yeah. camp, from sprains to mm-hmm. fractures to you know cataclysmic injuries as well. Weak skeletons. Yeah. I mean, you could see that. You know what? About six months ago, maybe, I started jumping. Jumping? Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's part of like a workout mm-hmm. thing? Because I read Jumping how, jacks. Yeah, just jumping. Like jumping in place mm-hmm. or re- jumping related things. Yeah. Because I read multiple articles one night. You know how you go from one article to the next to the next to the jumping, next to the yeah. next. Why well, you have a weak skeleton? So, yeah, talking about how weak our, our bones are because of what we do. Mm-hmm. Because of the kind of jobs we have. And so you need to, you know, constantly be, you know, active, right, or be giving them shocking the yeah, body, exactly, jumping. Yeah, I really hate jumping. I can't jump. I just don't like it. I yeah, because because of your ankles. I got a bad ankle. Yeah, right. So I don't know. So you, have to, you have to find something else. Right. Some other way to shock your bones. I don't know. I mean, when you see like you know kids in gym class, occasionally you see you think. Uh, are kids worse off today? I guess you know the military. Oh, I knows. think they are. I think they're worse off today. I think we all are have declined because of the internet. I'm pointing to my iPad right now, mm-hmm. my phone, all those sorts of things make us into people who sit and look at things as opposed to standing up and doing stuff. Actually, experiencing. I mean, things. I'm the worst offender. I mean, when I get up in the morning, before I get up in the morning, I am still laying prone in my bed and I'm ingesting different news articles. Me too. With one eye. It's a horrible, it's a horrible habit. Of course it is. I was out of that habit for a while and now I'm back in it. Hmm. It's frustrating. I was, um, I was thinking about our guest yesterday, uh, Pastor Jay Slocum, who said that him and his wife made this pact, no screens, 
No TV. No TV for Lent. That was maybe, he said, 12 years ago or 13 yeah. years ago? And he said he really hasn't gone back. To be honest, I thought about that more than several times. That scares me. Oh, yeah, me too. It does. And that's so weak. Oh, yeah. It's I know. so weak. I know. Like, how lame could we possibly be? I mean, be? seriously. When I think about my, my grandparents and my or all of our grandparents and grand, they busted their hump. Yes. The physicality right. of these people's lives. The women. I mean, look. Right. Talk about how many kids. I mean, women worked hard. They didn't I know. have washing machines. And, I, don't, I know. But to me, this is not a justification. This is just an explanation. It's no. This is not a justification. But... I look forward to what I'm going to watch in the evening during the day. It's kind of like a little like carrot. carrot. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so when I sit down, I usually sit down finally at 10:30. That's when I'm done with all my stuff. Yeah. And I'm like That's pretty late in the evening. It is late. And I'm like, "Yes. I have finally achieved this moment and now I get to watch my whatever." I have a sense of guilt when I look at the remote. Do you? Mhm. Why? Because I know what I'm going to do. What? So you you feel guilty about watching TV ever? Mm-hmm. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, guilt's like an overriding factor in my life. Right. Right. That's right. Just, just what it is. I don't know. You know, yeah. like I can get on the couch there, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so when I look at, so, you know, yeah, yeah. So I, I get, I sit there, and it's hard for me to enjoy it because I'm feeling guilty at the same time I'm enjoying it all the time. Mm, pretty much. <gasps> do you feel guilty about it, Christy? No. No. No, it's to me. It's like uh, it's like I'm when I'm doing it. It's like there's a five thousand other things I need to do, and it's all like kind of like I'm actively sinning. It's like my besetting sin. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's that serious, I mean, if if you really, that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's when I heard the pastor yesterday. I go, yeah, that's very convicting. So there it was. There it was right in front of me, and I go, <laughs> oh, here it comes. Oh, Lent's starting. Oh, John. Now what? Are you going to give up TV for Lent? I don't Lent? know. Don't I see? I'm not Are you thinking s- about it? Yes, of course. Yes, 100%. Okay. Because it's a course correct. It's a sacrifice. Yeah, it is a sacrifice. I sure. need to do shake it up. Right. Go okay. beyond. Get rid of that sludge. Okay. Give me some strength, Lord. Okay. Are you looking at me like no, I No, I'm not looking at you like you're crazy at all. I'm looking at you like that's a really great thing. I want to encourage well, it was you. It's very convicting. I mean, when you know, you're here. We love Jay Slocum. When you hear your pastor say that, you kind of go, he's right. That's 100% correct. Lose it. Anyway, just saying. I mean wow. to out myself. Jeez, Christy, I didn't, we weren't supposed to talk about this. We were supposed to stick on weak skeletons. Weak skeletons? How about me? Weak backbone. When we come back. Trauma and shame. We're going to talk to Dr. Kurt oh, Thompson, no. psychiatrist in private practice. Seriously, such a fascinating person. Trauma and shame, we know something about it. We'll talk about it. 101.5 WORD. It's dangerous to take God's glory for granted. And this week on Truth for Life, we'll hear about the devastating results when Israel put their faith in the ark of God as a lucky charm rather than in the living God himself. Study along with us on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. 
At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Dr. Kurt Thompson is back with us. Dr. Thompson's been a regular guest on our show throughout the years. He's the author of several excellent books. His latest is called The Soul of Desire, Discovering the Neuroscience of Longing, Beauty, and Community. Dr. Thompson, Kurt, welcome back. How are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Like, I've <laughs> not ever done this before on Zoom. Like, I, I can't believe my good fortune. <laughs> this yeah. is so awesome. <laughs> The ride, home is, the ride Home streaming live on YouTube. You can uh, watch the program and you can see Kurt because he's joining us by Zoom for the very first time. After all the years that we've talked to you uh, month by month, it's so great to see your face, Kurt. Oh, my gosh. You too. I, 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 gosh, I could just spend the next 10 minutes just like watching you. It'd be just great. Yeah, my, and then you'd get, my day would be so much more uplifted. And then somewhere in that uh, eight minutes time slot, you'd say, why are they wearing the same color? <laughs> Kurt, no, we, should, I, we, Kurt I, we should ask a psychiatrist this more often, not more often than <laughs> not, but frequently we show up wearing the same color and we hate ourselves for it. We think, really? How would we? It's, We're just it's, in sync. That's all. It's ridiculous. I just think there's a lot of resonance. Yeah. A lot there, of resonance going on. Or there's a yeah, lot. Of, and there right could on. be a lot of shame, too. We could talk about that later. Well, I don't know. This happens. I mean, there, there, there probably is something psychiatric going on. Like my wife and I, you know, you flip the coin and more, far more than 50%, we can walk out of the house to some kind of engagement only to later look at each other and say, where you, did you decide just to copy me? What I'm like the color that I'm wearing. Yeah. It happens a lot. That's weird. Synchronicity is a strange thing. It is a strange thing. It's a beautiful thing too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. um, Boy, you've written a really interesting chapter here in your book um, Mm. on trauma Mm. and shame. And Mm. I don't know. I, 
whether we're looking at the news and talking about, you know, potential war uh, between Ukraine and Russia, we're talking about the breakdown in human relationships. We're talking about we saw a stat yesterday, Kurt, uh, in the New York Post that only 28.6 percent of people in New York City have gone back to work at the office. I mean, that's an unprecedented wow. level of isolation on a daily basis. Right. Um, right. I, I, right. Trauma takes all forms. Yes, it does. I think it's uh, a couple of things are important when we talk about this. One is uh, important to like, it's so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And uh, I think one thing that's really important is for us to recognize that we have to be careful not to lose the meaning of the word because the word trauma has become so common. Mm. Now, everything can become traumatic. Right. You know, the, the, you know, the, the paper cut that I have becomes traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, if you offend me, it becomes traumatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are lots of ways in which it gets uh, used in ways that are unhelpful. But another thing that is really important for us to recognize is that trauma and then and the way we talk about it clinically trauma has to do with perception. It has to do with my perceived sense of two things. One, is that I'm overwhelmed by something. It could be a single event. It could be a series of events that could take place over a course of weeks or years. It could be, I get T-boned in an intersection. It could be one thing, but my perception is that I'm overwhelmed by the event. Emotionally, I am disoriented. I don't know what to do in this moment. I don't have a sense. I don't have a sense of how to proceed because I'm overwhelmed. By the event. The second pillar that is important is that I also perceive that there's nothing that I can do about it. I have no agency. So for instance, um, you could train a baby elephant to be tied to a rope that's tied to a stake driven deeply into the ground and the baby elephant can't move it. And if you keep it there for enough time, When that elephant is full grown, you can keep it where you want to keep it by doing the same thing. Its perception is that it cannot move the stake, Mm. despite the fact that we can look at it and say, well, of course you can move the stake. But its perception is that it can't move it. So we're overwhelmed and we perceive that we have no agency to do anything about it. What's important about this is that for many of us, we can have small things that collect over time that feel traumatic uh, because I feel I perceive that there's nothing that I can do about that thing. If I grow up in a household where uh, love is really withheld, or if I grow up in a household where the alcoholism is so rampant that it brutalizes me in most, in both of those situations, I can feel overwhelmed by my inability to have agency about it. In the same way, I can also perceive that I don't have agency because I've learned not to have agency, despite the fact that I actually do, which is why for many of us, our traumas can go unnoticed by others and also by ourselves. If I grew up in a house where things happened to me and I was able to cope well enough to keep functioning, I don't perceive that I'm unable to live with that. I just bury it. Hmm, The problem is that my brain will continue to have to contain that and cope with that particular set of events until some point in my future, I'm no longer able to cope with it. And when it blows into my doors, I don't know what to do. The opening story of this chapter tells the story of a young woman who was sexually abused by her youth pastor. 
This is a woman who was able to go on and function effectively. But when she got married to a man who then later succumbed to a former pornography addiction, she was overwhelmed by memory of old events, despite the fact that she was able to function in many respects in her life, that one event began to be overwhelming for her. And she perceived that she wasn't able to move forward because she still had unfinished business from things that had happened to her when she was a teenager. Hmm. Hmm. So we can find that, that trauma is something that we can have an experience with it. We can bury it. We can go on with our lives and function in a way that most people would look like, you know, it looks like we're fine. We're fine. Only then later, it's kind of like, why do people have heart attacks when they're in their 50s and 60s and 70s and not when they're in 20s and their 30s? Because the heart can cope for a certain period of time with the buildup of plaque in the arteries, but it comes to a point where it can no longer cope with those things. We can carry traumas with us for a long period of time. We do so individually. We do so in families, generationally, racially, like through in gener entire generations and people groups can carry these things until it reaches a point where we can no longer tolerate it. And that's when the symptoms start to show up in terms of our function or in terms of our depression, our anxiety. And it's not just about those who are coming back from war, which, of course, it shows up in much more potent and dramatic ways often. Right. I think the real thing that is important for us to recognize, if, you know, if, if we're listening, the question is, what have I experienced in life, perhaps, where trauma has perhaps taken place, but I've worked really, really hard to ignore it? And then the question becomes, how is that affecting me in keeping me from being able to create beauty and goodness in the world? Because I'm devoting so much energy to having to contain and cope with this in ways that I often don't understand. And then also, also you know, within the church, we have difficulty with this uh, because we often are not aware enough to know how to handle this when it shows up on our doorstep, mm -hmm. um, right. as it often does. So, Kurt, it's fair to say, no matter who you are, to some degree or another, just the nature of being alive, all of us have experienced some form of trauma. Yeah? I think that's fair to say. I think that it's very fair to say. The question becomes, when these events occur, and, and, and we, we talked about this in the book, that one of the most potent features of how trauma works is its isolating feature. Mm -hmm. This sense that something happens to me and I perceive that I have no potency, yeah. I have no agency, and nobody's coming to help me. Mm -hmm. I'm in isolation. Yeah. And this is how shame enters into the room as well. Somehow I feel these things, but I shouldn't feel these things. I should have gotten over these things. I should, that, or that thing happened in the past. I should be over this by now or it happened in the past, there's nothing I can do to go back and correct this in the past. And so for many of us, we've learned to function very, very well without being aware of those parts of our lives that have been traumatized. The key question is, who do we have in our lives who are coming to find us on a regular basis that are enabling us to talk about, to name our trauma, to name our grief, in order for us to be freed up to create beauty and goodness in the world. I see. And so that's the exclamation point on where we've been these last couple of years, where people are more and more isolated from each other. So a mental health crisis is upon us. Exactly. And I think the fact that we are not just experiencing it individually, but we experience it as a culture, we experience it as a corporate mm -hmm. group of people, the sense that uh, I'm, I'm aware that I'm disconnected from you. You're disconnected from me, but we collectively are disconnected. And this is often how shame will want to work its 
kind of darker magic, this sense that it's not just me that's isolated. We are isolated as a, as a group. There's nothing that we can do about this. And that's where the trauma of this kind of geometrically rises because we collectively as a group feel powerless to do much about that. Mm. I think the good news about the gospel is that to the degree that we are paying attention to the fact that Jesus didn't come to save us as a set of, like as individuals. He came to set us, he came to save us as a, as a, as a people. He came to save humanity. Yes, as, in, we, as individuals, because I happen to be a human being. But he's coming for all of us. And one of the things that we talk about, which will, you know, in, in future chapters, these confessional communities, one of the things that we discover is that everyone's healing is dependent upon the healing that takes place for the community as a whole. Because every individual's healing is made more realistic, made more potent to the degree that it takes place in a community where the community itself feels more alive mm. and as such adds to the vitality of the healing of each indi- individual member. Wow. Kurt, um, there's so much more we could go into here, and it's just, it's so rich. Let me show people who are watching on Zoom right now. This is Kurt's new book called The Soul of Desire. I'm holding it up here. You can get it from your favorite bookseller. Um, we recommend Byron Borger, of course, and Hearts and Minds. Uh, the subtitle is Discovering the Neuroscience of Longing, Beauty, and Community. But Kurt, I want to give you a chance to talk about the fact that you're one of the keynote speakers at the Jubilee Conference, which is coming up next weekend. Um, unfortunately, I'm very sad that it's not happening in person, but it again. will happen, on a, again, on a virtual basis. So tell us about that. It's a real honor, Kurt. Well, it, it is an honor. I'm, I'm, I, I go back to, like, I was introduced to Jubilee when I was in college. My wife worked for the CCO. Uh, we've been longtime supporters of it, and I there there are few gatherings uh, that I'm aware of that do the kind of work that Jubilee does for college students, and even for those who are those of us who are going to this and who are attending this. Uh, you mentioned Byron Borger. I mean, the fact that someone like Byron and his wealth of knowledge and experience uh, as a as a person of literary um, endeavor. Is, is there all these things are really crucially important and it, it is an honor for me to I've, I've been invited to speak about the fall of, of, of humankind and I, I want to say that uh, for the you know I can't say enough good things about the CCO and about Tuvalee and the honor it is to be able to participate uh, because as, as I say you know following Jesus is really hard to do it's really hard to do this and we also like to say that you know, the brain is able to do a lot of really hard things for a long, long time, as long as it doesn't have to do it by itself. Mm. And I'm just so grateful to be uh, invited to be part of a group of people so that when I'm in the room, even virtually with all of those students, uh, when we're in the room together, that we know that we're following Jesus together. And that makes this journey so much richer for each one of us. Um, I'm just, uh, just I, I tell people often, I'm, you know, I don't deserve my life. And being invited to be part of Jubilee is just one more reason for that, uh, right next to being invited to come monthly to talk to the two of you. <laughs> Very kind. <laughs> Dr. Kurt Thompson, he's a psychiatrist in private practice in Falls Church, Virginia. Kurt, 
just we've been skirting around the issue, but here we are uh, entering year three. Hopefully, there's mm-hmm. some uh, some freedom in sight for a lot of people. But of course, you know, we as the world, we have been traumatized. Have you seen mm-hmm. people coming into the office? Maybe I, I think a lot of people would come into a psychiatrist or a therapist office reluctantly. They don't need mm-hmm. it. They're stronger than this. They're better than that. Mm-hmm. But systems mm-hmm. have fallen down to a point where they have no other choice. This is a pretty common mm-hmm. thing, isn't it? It's very common. And the, the word I would have for this is, uh, you know, Jesus' words to us was that he doesn't, you know, like, look, I'm not here for those who are well. Mm-hmm. The doctor is here for those who are not well. And as, as we've said before here, I think even on this uh, program, the pandemic didn't just create problems for us. It pulled the curtain back on the problems that have long been there. Sure. And in some respects, it really gives uh, us the opportunity to welcome Jesus to come and take care of those of us who have been sick for much longer than the pandemic has been going on. Yeah, that's really good. That is really good. For people, Kurt, who've never had therapy and they're listening Mm -hmm. to us talk and they're like, this is wacky. Like, what what are these people doing? just, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm asking you to give like a short plug for why it's good to, to go see somebody and, and yeah. take care of things. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I start with, you know, Jesus, uh, two things that Jesus says. He says, look, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have tribulation. Like it, life is hard. That's, that's, that's where we start. But in me, in me, I want you to have peace because even though there's tribulation, I've overcome the world. And what he's telling us is that life is difficult. It's the norm for things to be difficult, but we are healed and recommissioned to live the lives that Jesus has called us because we are with someone, because we are telling someone the truth about our stories. Mm -hmm. Our stories were made to be told to to others. We, right, they're made to be told. And to the degree that we are doing that, when Jesus also says, where two or more of you are gathered, there will I be also. When I'm telling my story to you and you're listening to me, you are helping me understand myself in ways that mm-hmm. I am not able to understand myself unless I'm talking to you. And in that space, the Holy Spirit is in the room helping us do the work. And so I would want to say to everyone that psychotherapy's purpose, counseling's purpose, is to enable all of us to tell our stories more truly and so live into the gospel that Jesus is inviting us to pay attention to instead of our old broken stories that evil wants us to pay attention to. Fabulous. Boy, it's so good. Kurt, thank you. It's a total pleasure to have you on on Zoom, seriously. (laughs) Oh my God, the pleasure is totally mine. I I couldn't couldn't believe my good fortune when you said that Zoom is a possibility. That's so great. Anyway, check out Kurt's book, The Soul of Desire, Discovering the Neuroscience of Longing, Beauty, and Community. Look him up. Jubilee. Dr. Kurt Thompson. Bye, Kurt. There are some decisions in life that just flat out determine whether the day will be good or bad. And one of those Mount Everest decisions for me is which ice cream to choose. How is a mere human able to walk into a tasty ice cream shop and choose from seven perfect options? It's Ryan. And the reality is deciding how to manage your mortgage is kind of similar. I had two radio listeners last month say, I've been wanting to know all the details of what a refinance or cash out refinance would look like for me, but I was embarrassed to ask, and didn't want to feel pressured if I did. To which I say, we are a place that happily lets you taste test all the flavors. Guilt-free, no pressure, no judgment, and no follow-up unless you ask. It's very normal for us to provide what multiple refinance or cash-out options would exactly look like 
and then let you decide, or even just walk out completely after the taste test. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I remember trying to choose a college when I was of that age and thinking, how does this work? There's no one to help me. Um, my parents didn't have a clue. They didn't attend college. My guidance counselor, he kind of shrugged his shoulders. There was a lot of anxiety. Uh, everything worked out fine in the end. But I, when you look at where kids are today, especially, I mean, all the pressure the mm. kids have, social media, all the online stuff, you get things in the mail nonstop. I mean, there's a lot of pressure to choose the right college, to do the right thing, to propel you to that full future that awaits you. It seems like a lot, doesn't it? I remember the first week or two of seventh grade for one of my daughters. Seventh, seventh grade. grade. They had an assembly where they were handed this chart, and they had to like decide what they wanted to do career-wise so that in seventh grade they could start picking the right classes so that they could graduate with the right skill set so they could get accepted into the right college, and then they could get the job that they want. Oh, my gosh. No. That's so much pressure for a seventh grader. So where's God in all this? Exactly. And is there a way to raise children and encourage students to think that they don't just belong to themselves, but they belong to God? Find out at Grove City College. What does God have for you? GCC.edu. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Partly to mostly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 21. Tomorrow, cloudy, a bit of snow and rain at times in the afternoon with little to no accumulation will reach a high of 35. Rain tomorrow night, additional rainfall can lead to river flooding. We'll see a low of 32. Friday, we'll have considerable cloudiness. It'll be breezy with a little rain in the morning, followed by a flurry in the afternoon. Friday's high, 37. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does make sense? Does what make sense? Stinky cheese. Oh. One hundred percent. Now, you can get some super de duper de stinky cheeses. <laughs> yeah. I mean Yeah, I mean you can start out at the easy end, you've got your Gorgonzola. Oh, that's fabulous. You've got your Roquefort mm-hmm. blue. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what order the blue and Roquefort go in. But is there some? I mean, you got your brie. Yeah, but some cheese smells like old, dirty socks. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole like spectrum of stinky cheese. Yeah, but there's also a lot. There's there's a whole side. There's non-stinky cheese. Yeah. So I'm asking you specifically about the stinky side. Does that make sense? Well, now my wife is like a connoisseur of stinky cheese. Um, well, when we were dating, she would go, "Let's go and buy some stinky cheese," and some of them. Some of it was like gag worthy. Yeah. It's- you go, oh, honey, I love you, but I can't eat this. This is so disgusting. Why are you even trying to, you know, push me into this? Right. So, you know, the scale, it does make sense because sometimes there's some discomfort finding something that you really like. Okay. Now, it's funny you bring this up because I did not know this because we never know. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? Which is sort of on the same wavelength. Eating sardines. Interesting. Now, I'll say this. Yeah. When I was in college, if I had 
in my house, in my apartment, a couple of baked potatoes and a couple of tins of sardines, I knew I wasn't going to starve. It was always sort of like money in the bank. Sure. Now, a lot of people think sardines are disgusting. And they are very stinky. Very stinky. And they can be pretty disgusting. But I occasionally, it's a nostalgia food for me. Mm-hmm. I like a sardine. My husband eats them weekly. Weekly? Mm-hmm. In mustard or in oil? Uh, in oil. Yeah, mustard. And and Or in like tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. You can buy them at Pen Mac in tomato sauce. Do you eat them? Uh, I don't. But they are very stinky. But I remember eating them as a child. It's not that I'm actively not eating them. It's just that, you know, he has like his Is individual portion. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I would say, yes, that sardines make sense. Sardines make perfect sense. And I would say that stinky cheese, I mean, you don't want to get too far down the stink road, but I think it does make sense. I agree. Yeah. When I eat a sardine, I kind of feel like, you know, like a whale. Like a whale he's eating the, the, what's it, the krill. krill? Yeah. It's kind of like the sardines like kind of feed the world. So I'm part of that on the food chain. That's weird. Um, and I always take the little spine out as well. Open them up, take that little thing out. Sardines make sense, so does stinky cheese. 101.5 WORD. Here is Dr. Michael Youssef. No matter how hard these days may be, no matter how challenging the situation is, God was, is, and always be on his throne. God was, is, and always will be ready to give us victory in the midst of trouble. Be challenged this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners, I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide, and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You will receive a lifetime labor warranty from doing it right doing it right does all work to manufacturers national roofing contractors association and vinyl siding institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation doing it right is an owens corning platinum contractor and james hardy preferred contractor most importantly they're affordable offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards be sure to mention john and kathy for a discount off your roofing siding and remodeling estimates call 724 new roof or find them at roofing contractor pittsburgh Dot com. Want it done right, call doing it right. Who doesn't love a good deal? 
What if you could confidently know that you're getting the best deal on a mattress on any given day, not just during one of those today-only sales? At the Original Mattress Factory, we have something better than a sale, a fair factory direct price on excellent quality products for everyone, every day. So you can take your time and buy when you're ready. When you're looking for the best mattress at a great value, come to the Original Mattress Factory first. OriginalMattress.com Last week I was uh, I was reading the sports pages, and uh, there was a story about a, a former Major League Ball player who was in his mid-40s who passed away at his parents' home. And now this is somebody that I followed. You know, I'm following baseball, and this is somebody like a, a name from the past. And you go, oh, I love that guy. I wonder what happened. So then, of course, a few days later, it comes out that the poor guy committed suicide. Mm. And you think, that's oh, that's like... That is heartbreaking. You... Uh, in popular culture, whether it's you know social media or whatnot or the news feed, you see this, I think, increasingly more and more that people that you don't know but you do have some you know relationship with them have passed away. Or in your own life, close family members, you know, parents, siblings, cousins, nieces, nephews, someone's committed suicide. And I think, at least growing up, Suicide used to be a rare thing. It it didn't touch people like it touches people now. I, I don't know if we know what the numbers are, but I believe that there is in some ways an epidemic that's going on in this country, that people are taking their own lives at, at record numbers. And, and so we invited uh, someone from Focus on the Family uh, to talk about th- this scourge on our country Dr. Johnny, uh, Joni DeBrito joins us. Dr. Joni DeBrito is the Director of Parenting and Youth at Focus on the Family. She draws from more than 30 years of diverse experience as a parent educator, family life educator, school social worker, a licensed mental health professional. And uh, Joni, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Joni, it's I'm the thing. Well. Yeah, it's the thing that we're all so terrified of is to is to realize that someone close to us was that desperate and never mentioned yeah. it. You know, never yeah. said anything. Uh, I was just talking to a person I just met, like a new friend of mine uh, within the last week and just her overwhelming grief at losing her child who oh. seemed totally fine. Um, and, uh, then, you know, in a few hours was gone. So help us to, you know, is John off base when he says it's an epidemic? He's not off base. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people 10 to 34 years old. And going back to what John started to say about it didn't used to be this way. I agree. When I was growing up, I know, and this is way past growing up as a young adult, I did not know someone who knew someone who had taken their life by suicide until I was 37 years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember being kind of shocked by it. Mm -hmm. And now we see it all the time. So the second leading cause of death, again, 10. If you can imagine a 10-year-old being so desperate to take his life to 34. And then from 34 to 44, 35 to 44, it's the fourth leading cause of death. And, of course, there have been some increases during COVID for obvious reasons. And we have other populations that are really at high risk, like first responders, people who have experienced military trauma, etc. So it really is an epidemic. It's something that is very, very concerning. 
So, Joni, I mean, my story is similar to you. I mean, I, I didn't know anybody who was connected to suicide in any way. So how can it be that a 10-year-old would know about this, think about this, and actually commit the act of suicide? I mean, is it, you know, always the boogeyman? Is this social media and copycat and the despair that we're currently living in? You know, it's so interesting that you've mentioned that twice now, and you are right on, because one of the number one contributors, as found by research, is social media. There, It was a device or a tool that was initially designed to help people connect with one another. When kids <clears throat> go off to college from high school, or, hey, this is a great way to stay connected, it had really good beginnings, but it has become something very ugly. Number one, people are willing to be very critical in ways that they wouldn't be face-to-face with someone. They're willing to do that on, excuse me, they're willing to do that um, on uh, social media. Also, cyberbullying is huge, Mm -hmm. which is And when I was in school, I remember a short period of my life, there was a boy in my school, and he bullied me, and I remember him pushing me over on my bicycle and throwing my papers in the the stream, and I went home, and my three big brothers were there and said, do you want us to take care of this? And I said, well, not really, but they helped me figure out how to get through it. And it basically just happened for 15-minute snippets for a while, and then it was over. Now, if a kid is bullied... The bully has access 24-7, 365 days a year, and it becomes not only the bully, but if the bully has a sphere of influence, all of their buddies jump on board, and even if they don't know the child that's being bullied, they will all jump on and start bullying. It's so, so dangerous. And then the other piece is this thing called the fear of missing out, FOMO. So kids will get online who are struggling and recognize all of the things that are going on that they haven't been invited to and so forth. And so it makes them feel worse. And even the likes. If your friend gets a 1,000 likes for a picture they've posted and you get none, somehow that translates for kids into, I am not of value at all. I'm worthless. Okay, so then what Kathy said, which shocked me, that someone that she has met who told her, my son was fine, mm-hmm. and then surprisingly, he kills himself. A couple how, hours later. How does that even happen? I mean, that's like a parent's worst nightmare, that your child is hiding something that's so brutal, and then they're gone. It is. I will say one of the things that happens, and I'm guessing that maybe this was a, a maybe a teenager, do you know? Yes. Kathy? Yes. Okay, so a teenager. So one of the difficult things at that age is we have this, two things that come together that are a beautiful part of normal development but can become lethal. One is invincibility, that kids don't believe that they are really going to die. They believe they're, they are going to live forever. They know intellectually that they can die, but in that youth-developing mind, they really believe, yeah, but it's not going to happen to me. And then we also know that they can be very impulsive. And so if you put those two things together... Most of the times that I have known people who have done uh, that and no one was uh, expecting it, it was the combination of this, I don't think I'm really going to die, and they're in a really bad place, they happen to be alone, and they react impulsively. So how do we know that? The way we know that is because so often when we talk to people who have not died by suicide, even though they tried, 
they will say two things. It's very common for them to say, I am so glad I didn't die. I didn't really want to die. I just wanted to stop the pain. And the second thing that's so common, you'll say, okay, so what was so bad about that moment that made you take that action? And the most common reaction is, I don't know. It's very hard for them to say what it actually was that put them over the edge. So that tells you it was more of an impulsive response. And that's scary. That's very scary for parents. But there are some things that we can all do to prevent that. Okay, so let's talk about those. Yes. So first of all, um, going back to the social media piece, parents have got to be uh, paying attention to what's going on in social media with their children. You are the parent. You do have a right to look. Some parents feel like, oh, I don't want to evade their privacy. When they are younger, they do not necessarily have the ability to have good decision-making skills around social media, and so you have every right to be looking and checking and so forth and monitoring um, and certainly setting limits. The general uh, rule of thumb is no more than two hours of non-academic screen time per day. That includes the, the phone, the computer, what have you. The other thing that's so important is instead of kids being hooked on these devices or attached to the devices, they need to be doing those self-care things that we all know are important. They need to be eating healthy foods. They need to be staying hydrated. They need to get out in the sunshine and move around. Or if you're in a place like you are and I am where it's cold and, and you're not able to get out, there's still plenty of activities that you can do that have nothing to do with your screen time. The other thing is they should not have their cell phones around them at night. They need to get good recuperative sleep, and we have a sleep-deprived generation. So Stay off those devices at least three hours before going to bed because even if you are looking at devices, you know, two to three hours before going to bed, the colors, the lights, the uh, stimulation that's there, it keeps your brain awake. So some people will say, oh, it's no problem. I will watch a movie or it doesn't just have to be a computer. It could be a movie. I fall asleep with movies. But those people will also tell you that three hours later they wake up. So as much as possible, trying to limit the time on the devices and also get kids out to be healthy and be doing good exercise. Regular exercise is a better antidepressant than a medication for mild to moderate forms of depression. Mm -hmm. That if you can get people, not just kids, but people out exercising and regularly, dopamine is released when we um, exercise and that's like the feel-good neurotransmitter. And so that's something that can really help. Self-care is so important. Fabulous. We're talking about suicide, specifically adolescent suicide with Dr. Joni Debrado, Director of Parenting and Youth at Focus on the Family. Dr. Debrado, Focus, of course, does have resources for people that are available. You can point them in the right direction for that, yeah? We do. So we uh, produced a wonderful prevention program for suicide for parents, teachers, coaches, other people who interact with youth on a regular basis. It's at www.alive2thrive, spelled those three words, A-L-I-V-E-T-O-T-H-R-I-V-E.com. And it is a prevention resource. And by prevention, it doesn't mean someone's in front of you and says, I want to hurt myself, it means preventing from the time they're very young. So learning lots of good 
uh, self-care skills and getting on top of technology and those kinds of things. At Focus on the Family, we also have a wonderful resource. We have licensed mental health professionals available 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So if you're in the Eastern Standard Time, that would be 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. They can call 855-771-4357 for a free consultation with a counselor. And if the counselor feels that the person or the person's loved one needs counseling, they can get them uh, referrals for a counselor, a Christian licensed mental health professional in their area. Fabulous. That's wow. terrific. Um, Dr. So Joni DeBrito, give us that number again. 855-771-4357, which is 855-771-HELP. Very nice. Thank you, Joni, for joining us today. A great You're encouragement. Welcome. You're welcome. Take care. You as well. Oh, very difficult. It Listen, it's fabulous. Subject. Yeah. Thank you, folks. It's a great resource. It really, really is. We need to step away. When we come back, John went to see Belfast last night. We're going to talk about it. All right. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero, right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. I love seeing the transformation of a smile. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock. Voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. You don't have to do full mouth rehabilitation to really transform a patient's life. For a patient to be able to smile confidently and be happy with their own smile. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. 
Experience the difference at Slippery Rock University. Take the first step to turning your passion into a career by visiting SRU. Take a walking tour of the campus, meet with faculty, and learn about the benefits of a rock-solid education. Visit sru.edu slash visit. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. So, you know, John's so committed to watching films. I like to go to the movies. Which is terrific. And um, you only had, I think there were only two or maybe three films that were up for Best Picture this year that you had not seen. Yep. And so you checked another one off your list last night. Yeah, it's not like, you know, it's like some mission, but I just happen to like, you know, I, I'm interested in film. Anyway, so we went, uh, my wife and I went and saw Belfast last night. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, which is like a, a memoir, uh, like sort of a valentine to his life growing up in Northern Ireland, which is really interesting. So, you know, if you know anything about Northern Ireland, you know, in the past 70 years. They've had a pretty uh, tough time. The Protestants and the Catholics, right, at each other. They were called, still to this day, the Troubles. And, of course, in, in this film, there's Kenneth Branagh. It opens in 1969, August of 1969. They tell you this because around that, of course, 1969 for us is, you know, the moon landing. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that was the seminal event. But it's the story of Kenneth Branagh. You know, not, not he's not called Kenneth Branagh in the film. I think he's called Buddy. He's eight years old. It's his mom and his dad and his brother. They are Protestants living, for some reason, on a Catholic street oh, interesting. in Northern Ireland. So the film starts out with like a riot. You know, they come on the street, these Protestant, you know, sort of troublemakers, they come on the street and they burn the street down, essentially. So you see a riot and it's interesting. The little boy goes, what's happening? While all around him in his living room, in his dining room, people are like, you know, just trashing the house and, and the neighborhood. I loved it. Um, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but as a sort of like a a guy who looks back on his childhood in a very volatile period, and, it, and, and after the fact, I always kind of read after the fact. I'm kind of interested in, you know, what the professional critics have to say. They're calling it a rose-tinted view of the troubles. But um, as sort of a look at a particular time and a place, it's very well done. Um, it's beautiful. And there's... Judy Dench plays his grandmother. Really? Who? <laughs> wow. She. I love actors like Judy Dench who are not afraid to show themselves. I mean, the camera's up close on her. Yeah, yeah. She looks like a roadmap. Yeah. I mean, her wrinkles are. This is not movie star terrain. Right. This is someone who's unafraid. Whatever age Judy Dench is, it's very beautiful, very sentimental, but extremely well done. If you like movies, and if you're, especially if you're Irish. Go see Belfast. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.